Hey guys, welcome to the premiere episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy. You can reach me on all of my socials, Twitter and Instagram at Chef Bride Comedy. That's Chef B-R-Y Comedy. And this episode is my premiere episode. It was very important to me that I got it right. It took me a couple times to do it, but I think we struck the right, uh, you know, the right heart. I wanted it to have heart, and that's what this is, at least to me. I hope you guys get something out of this. Let's have a good time. Thank you for joining me. Well, hello there. Welcome to my very first episode of Surviving Empathy. I will be your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy. You can reach me on all of my socials uh, at Chef Bride Comedy. I'm basically on Twitter and uh, Instagram, and that's really it because I don't really like social media that much. Um, I actually have grown a small following though on Instagram and these people are the best. So they're the ones who kept me going during my period of uh, uncertainty, you know, because the truth of the matter is, is that I am a um, chef. I worked as a chef for many, many years. I also was an EMT and phlebotomist and I have army experience way, way back in the nineties during the Gulf war and uh, I was an ammunition specialist there. Uh, I did all, all kinds of uh, things with, uh, you know, weaponry and, uh, you know, all that fun stuff. But anyways, uh, the, 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 the point is, is that the reason why I named this Surviving Empathy, it's kind of like the, the, the movie Face Off, where it's face and then there's a forward slash and then off. It kind of has a double meaning. Um, in this case, it's surviving with empathy or surviving, comma, empathy, um, but also surviving empathy because people who have empathy have it a little bit harder than those who don't, you know, and we, we tend to find that um, the world seems or at least it appears that the world is ruled by People lacking empathy, sociopathic people, you know, people like, well, we won't go into names, but uh, you know who's out there that just doesn't seem to have a a heart and soul sometimes. Um, But uh, that's not me, you know, part of the reason, you know, I was in radio for for a while and uh, that's where I kind of got my the bug, if you will, for voice work. I want to do uh, voice work for audio books. I want to do voiceover work and voice acting. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's real easy to slip into that radio voice, but I won't do that here because this is not about that. Um, you know, what happened, to, let me just tell the story from the beginning. So I was born Thursday. No, I'm kidding. Not, not that far back. Um, no, I was we moved to Oregon about six years ago uh, from the central coast of California. And um, people there are mostly nice. Um, it's a kind of a laid back. Well, it used to be laid back. It's a laid back beach community. And then as time went on, it got more and more expensive. It became kind of like uh, doctors and their, and their, uh, and their trinket, wives <laughs> club, <laughs> you know, uh, not to poke fun at it because there's a lot of really good and normal people there as well, but it did become sort of upper middle class and you had to have money to thrive there. And I think you need money to thrive anywhere these days. And so that's really, 
you know, it's so hard to, to live and to thrive these days unless you've got an adequate sum of money. And they say money doesn't buy happiness. I think the person who said that probably just never went without because the truth is, is when you go without long enough, you start to lose all kinds of uh, things. You lose your self-esteem. You lose your uh, goals. You learn, you lose your <clears throat> sense of direction. You, you lose something, you know, you just, you got to have enough money to feel good about life. And so, you know, with these stimulus checks, I've been, uh, you know, updating my technology from my fitness app, uh, from my fitness watch to my uh, podcast setup here. And um, <clears throat> it just feels really good to finally be in a position where I can have a new bed. And, you know, we bought the Purple 3, oh, Purple 3 Premiere. So it's basically springs, seven inches of uh, inner coiled springs or interdependent independent springs that are pocketed coils inside a, uh, on top of that is a three inch layer of their, of their uh, grid material. That's made of some fancy hyperelastic polymer. Oh, to die for ladies and gentlemen, the purple bed, if you can afford it, go out and get one. Although I will say that we bought the original purple bed at first and um, it's a little hard. It feels kind of like you're on a, like a, Japanese style ergonomic bed. It feels very efficient and uh, it's kind of hard. It's a little too hard for this guy, but um, still we knew that, oh, wow, this is a new technology. And it kind of has a tendency to make you feel like you're on top of the bed, but, but cushioned inside the bed as well. It's kind of, kind of a, a, a comforting cradling feeling. It's anyway, it's really good. I don't know how I got into a, you know, a, a big old rant about purple, but I'm just saying you know, the the pandemic had a lot of unintended good things that happened to me in my life, um, even though none of us should feel, <clears throat> you know, like the pandemic was a good thing. Obviously, it was, you know, it, it killed a lot of people and uh, our political system, you know, just got really strange during the Trump years because he was trying to, you know, bank on people, you know, not believing it, not believing in it and blah, blah, blah. You know, I try not to get into politics, but I do follow politics and I will occasionally get into politics. But, um, but the, the point is, is that I felt, you know, I, I, I was working up here in Oregon and, um, <clears throat> after a slew of jobs that just weren't my heart and soul, you start to realize, you know, you know, you're, most of us have been living in emergency mode for like 20 15, 20 years, depending on your age. But you, you know, after a while, you're just like, oh my God, is there anything I can do with my life that really serves my interests, not just the interest of corporate America or, or you know, you know, you got to feel good about yourself. You got to do something that really inspires you and makes you feel good to be alive. And so that's kind of what happened. You know, I was working, the first job I had here was at Lowe's and I made a lot of friends there, but it was just a part-time job. And I, you know, I kind of bought into their Kool-Aid for a little while and I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll become a manager. And I tried several times to do that and kind of got dismissed each and every time. And what it boiled down to is that I have a sense of humor. I want to be a comedian. My my main career here is that I'm a comedian. I, you know, I've always been kind of funny, uh, kind of funny looking. And no, I, but ever since I was a, a teen, I was I was I was basically Bobby Hill from King of the Hill, <laughs> like a little chubby, funny kid, you know, that did voices and 
you know, and as I got older, um, I just, I started doing lots of impersonations. And back then it was like Bobcat Goldthwait and uh, Pee Wee Herman and uh, the list goes on and on and on. But, um, but I really, that's how I learned to be a singer because then soon after that, when I was in grade school, I was also in the choir uh, for many years. And um, I took my, my ability to impersonate people and translated that into, you know, singing and, um, you know, kind of like Eddie Murphy, you know, for example, a lot of people who do do impersonations, for example, can also sing because it's just, you know, learning techniques to, to manipulate your voice. And, uh, but anyways, long story short is that, uh, I was working at Lowe's and then, um, when, you know, I was starting to have some chronic pain and, uh, you know, I started going to the doctor and, uh, we weren't sure what it is. I just thought it maybe it was arthritis and, or something. And, uh, as time went on, I was starting to get fevers and all kinds of, you know, fatigue and, uh, I wasn't sleeping great. And so, um, uh, after, you know, a couple of years of, you know, testing and, and, uh, you know, different, trying different things, uh, we came to the conclusion, you know, my doctor and I, that I have fibromyalgia, which a lot of people call, you know, a lady disease, but it's not. It's uh, men get it, too. Uh, it's basically a, you know, it's a um, it's a condition. It's not really a disease. It's, you know, you could call it a disorder. It's an autoimmune disorder where your body uh, flares up. Uh, you get a lot of inflammation and it causes chronic pain and it can cause fatigue and uh, you get this thing called fibro fog where you're not exactly here, but you're not exactly gone. It's kind of like you're just kind of fogged out, you know, and uh, I get that sometimes. Um, I'm doing OK today. Um, but, you know, once I started realizing that the totality of my life and my de- choices and my decisions, um, I realized that I wasn't in charge of my life, that life was in charge of me. You know, when you you know, because I, I went to culinary school. Uh, in 2003 and 2004 down in Los Angeles, down in Pasadena, California. And I got my culinary degree and I worked as a chef for many years. And um, and then eventually I got to a point where I wanted to finish my bachelor's degree, uh, but I just couldn't afford it. You know, uh, <clears throat> I I just didn't have the money to do so. And I, you know, um, the GI Bill wasn't an option for, 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 for me at, at that point. And so it was just one of those things where <clears throat> you go to school for a while and then you realize, oh, I'm stuck without having the finances to finish it. And even though um, I was able to get my culinary degree, I, I you know, uh, I, I got stuck at a certain point and you realize that finances is everything, you know, uh, without having the proper finances, you just can't get anywhere in life. And so, you know, I, um, I've basically been in emergency mode most of my life. And so I just decided eventually, I think the cheese slipped off my cracker. You know, I was like, uh, you know, I'm 47 now and uh, I'm a young 47, you know, but you know, I just got to a point where you got, you get tired of life telling you, you got to do this and you got to do that. And you go into these jobs and situations and everybody treats you like you're inferior and just, you get tired of the corporate running around and the corporate that just that feeling of feeling less than, you know, that feeling like, You've got to always behave yourself and you, you're you not allowed to speak your mind. And, 
you know, never mind that, you know, I was a, a non-commissioned officer in the military. Never mind I have a culinary degree and worked as an executive chef. And never mind that I had, you know, a unique career in radio. And never mind that I helped people as an EMT and phlebotomist. You know, all those accomplishments that I, you know, I don't get a big head about that. You know, I have no ego about that. But but then you you, you start getting to where, you know, those jobs are becoming taxing. Um, I started realizing that when I had a chronic pain condition, I couldn't do the things that I used to be able to do. And so, you know, I decided, well, I'll just take a part-time job. And um, that's when I realized I had fibromyalgia at that time. And eventually I just got to a point where I realized that I needed more out of life. You know, I, I wanted to, um, you know, be a stand-up comedian because I always wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I, I was in theater when I was in uh, high school and I was in choir and, uh, you know, I always did voices and I was the guy that always entertained my mom. Uh, my, my mom, I'm a, uh, single, my mom's a single mom and I, I'm an only child. Um, but I, I was, I had my grandparents around growing up and, uh, they were, they were instrumental in teaching me, you know, about values and, and, um, being incorruptible. You know, my grandfather, I like to say is incorruptible. He's one of those guys that, you know, he was an appliance repairman. He was a world war II veteran and uh, he's just a really gentle soul. He was always a very mellowed guy. And uh, he's he's basically my Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, he's passed on. He passed away in uh, 2006. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, you know, my grandparents were super special to me. And so my grandmother was kind of like my best friend. And then so when she passed away, uh, you know, my life, you know, it was the first time I had to deal with grief, you know. And uh, then my grandfather died in 2006, and my grandmother died in 1999. She was only 69 years old. And um, anyway, long story short, you know, you know, career setbacks and uh, grief, you know, and um, you know, the lacking of of respect that you get out there in the world. Everybody's trying to be better than each other. Everybody's trying to one up each other. There's just too much one upsmanship out there, and. Uh, you know, I just got to this point where I was just like, God, fuck society, fuck the world. What the fuck is going on? You know? And, um, <clears throat> I, I decided, you know what? I just, I, I, I played an exercise with myself. What do you really want to do, Brian? And never mind money. You know, and what I want to do is a couple of things. I want to own a restaurant because I am a chef. Um, but I don't want it to be fancy. I just want it to be fun and, you know, just fun and intimate, small setting. And uh, so that's one thing I'm also doing is saving money for a restaurant. Um, but, but my, my main thing is, uh, yeah, comedy. I want to do, I, I was getting ready to write a set for, for, to be a stand-up comedian. And I was getting ready to go perform up in Portland, Oregon. And uh, then the pandemic hit. And so I was like, well, shit, now what, you know? And so I never really had a, like, a, like I didn't really want to get into podcasting. I just knew that, okay, well, I got to get out there somehow while we're under quarantine and so that's kind of what I did is <clears throat> I first started a YouTube channel and uh, I realized, you know, it's, it's, it's everyone out there is like, Hey, you look at me, you know, and I just didn't feel comfortable, um, you know, having to like always look good and always feel like, you know, like you're right on top of things all the time. I just, it, it wasn't the right medium for me. I wanted something more intimate. I wanted, you know, voice, you can connect with people on a much deeper level. And so that's why I'm here is uh, I want to go into it a little bit. You know, I want, you know, and I'm sorry if this is all over the place, you guys, this is kind of a stream of consciousness episode. I wanted my first episode to just kind of, you know, me 
telling you about who I am and what's going on and why I got into this. But yeah, the reason why I got into this is because I got tired of living in emergency mode. I got tired of being a good person and having it not pay off. I get, I get tired of my kindness being mistaken as weakness. You know, um, I've always tried to be, you know, good to people and respectful. Um, uh, but everybody wants to be cool too. You know, you want to look good. You want to be attractive to the opposite sex or, or same sex in some cases, but you want to be attractive. You want to be hip and you want to be cool. And I think everybody nowadays, you know, is getting into their fitness and Instagram is full of fitness pages. And I, I often wonder what their end game is. Like, are you going to get famous doing pushups on TV? Uh, I don't know. Okay. You know, but I, I love fitness, but I, I, you know, I didn't want to get into fitness as a career. Um, <clears throat> my Instagram is filled with my cooking and my running and my, you know, my, my uh, movie reviews. I do a lot of uh, what I call run reviews where I review movies, not while I'm running <laughs> after I'm done running. I, I snap a photo of the movie that I'm watching and then I do a review of it. And uh, it's just something I do for fun um, to connect with people out there. And um, yeah, you know, I, I got into this because I always wanted to do voice work. I wanted to, you know, I want to work uh, as a voice actor. I want to do voiceover. I want to uh, do, you know, read books like audio books, you know, uh, I, you know, I think I would do a good job at that. And so, you know, I, I realized that life makes you go the straight and narrow path usually because you don't have people in your life that are like, yeah, go be a stand-up comic. That's really stable. <laughs> you know, nobody says that, you know, because and for good reason. But the the problem is is that when you try everything normal and you've tried every which way to succeed in a normal environment and you're not getting anywhere, um <clears throat> maybe maybe you were meant to be a stand-up comic instead, you know. That that's the thing, you guys, is sometimes we're talked out of doing what really is best for us, you know, because nobody knows you like yourself. And when you're young, you're, you know, easily influenced by other people and family that want to push you into this and that and the other thing. And even, while I am very proud of my military career, I'm very proud of what I accomplished in there. I'm very proud of my EMT work and my phlebotomy work. Um, and I'm especially proud of my culinary school uh, work. I worked my butt off for, during that time. And I'm very proud to to work in some very nice fine dining restaurants uh, where I got to do really good work for a time. <clears throat> and so I'm very proud of all that. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't always get you anywhere, you know. And so I, I, I tend to say, you know, it's better to get into something that has very small chance of success, but has a big, uh, you know, where you can get paid well in it than to then to get into something that's easy to get into, but you, you're pretty much screwing yourself out of getting paid better, you know? And so I thought, well, I'm not getting into comedy for the money. I'm getting into, you know, comedy because I wanted my life to, to feel joyous. You know, um, I, I, I always got in trouble with my sense of humor because whenever you go into the real world, um, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> the real world just, frowns uh, upon people making light of things. And I always thought, you know, after, you know, I grew up, you know, under difficult circumstances, my mom and I didn't have a lot of money. We relied on my grandparents a lot. 
And, uh, you know, there was a time I even lived in a makeshift bedroom at my grandparents' place in the garage. And, you know, so I've been through all the poverty stuff. I've lived in trailer parks. I've lived in apartment buildings and, you know, I never really got a chance to own a house. And so, you know, I just got to this point where I'm like, you know, you see everybody doing well out there and you're like, well, why, why can't I have those nice things? You know, and I'm sure you guys relate. I mean, some people, you know, they find good jobs, maybe they're blue collar jobs, but they pay. Okay. And maybe like 20 years ago, they bought a house and they're still paying their mortgage, but they're doing okay, you know, because they 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 got they got it early. Nowadays, that's not as easy to do, you know. You you go out there nowadays, the cost of living is outrageous. Cost of rent, the cost of mortgages, the the amount of money you would need to have a down is absolutely crazy. And so, <clears throat> you you uh, you get to a point where you just get discouraged, and you're like, ah, oh, how am I supposed to get this? You know, you know, there there used to be a time where everyday people without a college degree could work a good job and buy a house and raise three kids. My grandfather did it. For example, my grandfather was an appliance repairman. He raised three kids, uh, my mother and his, her, um, uh, brother and sister. And, you know, and he did it as a, an appliance repairman, fixing washers and dryers and refrigerators. And so I come from very modest, humble folk, you know, and, um, and so I'm not coming to you today trying to get famous. I just, I want to get out there. I want to connect with people because as a sensitive person, as a highly sensitive person, um, I'm an empath. And um, I was going to get to that. But uh, yeah, as an empath, you know, you're, you're, you sense a lot of things. You sense people's motives. Uh, you sense uh, danger. You, you sense people's um, feelings towards you, good and bad. Um, and it can sometimes be a good thing, but a lot of times you sense the the dysfunction and the negativity in the world. You sense a lot of anxiety. You sense um, you sense where we're at in our culture, and you realize you know the human the he, human beings are have are being devalued. Let's just keep it straight. You know we're not valued anymore in our society. I don't know if we ever were really, but. There was a time where, you know, human beings were more valued. There was less people around. There was less problems. And so as a, as a result, um, there was what you called, you know, everybody, you know, there's only three channels on the, on the TV in those days. And so everybody was talking about the same things and everybody was on the same page. And the water cooler talk was all very similar because there was only so many things to talk to in those days. But now with all these choices, um, we, we're given almost too many choices. And so as a consequence, everybody's living in their own headspace. Everybody's got their own. Uh, <clears throat> and that's a good thing, I think, you know, um, but, but it creates more uh, problems where people just don't identify with each other anymore. We don't, we don't try to, you know, relate to each other anymore sometimes. And so <clears throat> I find it important as human beings to get together and try to make the best of, of, of this life and make the best of, of sharing and commiserating and joking and with each other and just being good to each other because there's just not enough of it out there. You guys, um, anyway, I'm going to take a quick break here and have a sip. Hold on. Mmm. My delicious stevia water anyway. Um, but yeah, this, this is for me is 
<clears throat> I don't want to really call it spiritual because it's it is spiritual for me, but it was my spirit hungering for more that I realized, Brian, you are a good person. You're a kind-hearted individual, and yet a lot of people, you know, friends and and acquaintances and you know, uh, employers just treat you like you're a piece of shit. And I don't understand why we that is. You know, uh, my wife. She, you know, every every job she starts, people love her. And while she is, you know, a very good-hearted and nice person, uh, so am I. But I don't know. Do I look mean? Am I more rugged? Is it because I'm male? I don't know. But um, it feels like the, the her plight is different than mine. You know, because she goes out there, she starts a job, and people love her. And and thank goodness for that. But um, a lot of jobs I start, you know, you make some friends and stuff, but uh, if you don't conform the right way or people get, you know, they they misunderstand your motives. And so they think that you aren't responsible. They think that you don't care. And uh, it's kind of like Aquaman, you know, he's like, I never, you know, the, the Zack Snyder cut, um, you know, he's like, uh, he's like, I, you know, he's like, I thought you didn't care. The Flash says, and he's like, I never said that, you know, and that's the thing is that people make assumptions based on how you look of what kind of attitude you have, they don't really understand what's in your heart, you know? And, um, and so when I got tired of, of the, the impoliteness in our culture, when I got tired of, of fighting and toiling for, you know, jobs that I really don't want anyway, I don't want a mid manager position at Lowe's. I don't want to work those kinds of jobs. I mean, I would do it, you know, especially when I was younger, um, in fact, I did, you know, I was a manager for a few places, but, um, the point is, is that, you know, we're, we're being used and devalued and abused in our culture and human beings got to stop doing that. I mean, look at our politics. I mean, everyone just trying to hurt each other and disrespect each other. It's just getting too bad. It's just getting really, really bad out there. And, um, I don't know, you know, it just, that's why I did this. You know, I figured, well, I can't get out there and do comedy yet. So I'm, I thought, well, maybe I can, you know, uh, offer something in the way of, of, of podcasts and get my voice out there, get my message out there. Um, and, and there will be a lot more specific topics going on from here forward, but I just kind of wanted to let you guys know where I'm coming from and who I am. Um, I'm a, I'm a kind hearted, uh, hardworking guy. <clears throat> uh, I'm, a you know, I want to help people. I want to be an influencer and a creator. I want to write books and, uh, and that's what I'm doing, you know, and I feel great, but it's just, it, it feels like the world can just swallow you up. Nobody really, you know, it's like people don't understand when you're a comedian, when you have a funny personality, they always take that as a form of disrespect or a form of, um, of irreverence, you know, they don't understand what's really in your heart. And so when you come off, you know, you go on Facebook, Hey guys, what's happening? You know, and everybody assumes that you're, you know, like, um, shallow or they, they assume that you're always in a good mood or they always, they, they don't realize that there's something deeper going on there, you know? And I don't think people understand how fragile people can be, how, how, you know, people require, kindness and decency to get through. And, you know, and so uh, moving up here to Oregon, you know, I, I have some friends, a couple of friends uh, that I met through my various jobs, <clears throat> but um, one of them moved away and 
you know, we, we you know, it's just we're not super close, you know, and so I'm I'm kind of I feel kind of lonely up here, to be honest. All my friends, all my friends growing up uh, were down down on the central coast of California. And, you know, I just got lonely and I just was realizing like, wow, dude, I just the days go by and nobody talks to you on Facebook and nobody says hi anymore. And, you know, it just, you know, the Facebook algorithm is all screwed up and it just feels like nobody sees each other's stuff anymore. And so it just feels like we're at this point where, you know, it's just it hurts your feelings. You know, it makes you feel bad. It makes you feel like, you know, uh, people don't care and people are just so busy doing their own thing and they don't realize what what's in your heart they don't know they don't know what what uh what your intentions are and so i just i want to i want to be an influencer i want you guys to uh see the good in my heart and i want to be able to share that with you guys because uh even though i, I can be a wisecracker and i can get moody and cranky sometimes <laughs> don't we all um i what i would say that even though i can get moody and temperamental uh, the main part of my personality is is that I'm really learning to be more grateful, you know, more gratitude than attitude, I say. Um, I just, I feel like you got to have gratitude, you know, just be glad you're alive. Um, thank goodness for the little things in life. Um, cherish the ones you're around. Um, if you're not in an ideal situation, at least try to thank, be thankful of what you have, you know, and um, and so even though I am thankful for a lot um <clears throat> you get tired of only being thankful for the little things you want to be thankful for some big shit you know every once in a while you get five years ten years go by nothing big has happened in your life and you're like no man you know you want you got that bucket list you know you want to do really big shit you know and so i want to do comedy i want to tour the country i want to write my book i want to do a book signing i want to you know perform for people i want to you know, and here I want to talk about mental health. I want to talk about emotional health. I want to talk about what it's like to be an empath. Um, and the truth is, I think everybody is a little bit of an empath. I think we tend as adults to, you know, close off that part of us over time. And while I do believe there are some people who, you know, probably have a more innate, um, a more sensitive uh, antenna, if you will, than others. I also believe that, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's, everybody has it. You know, if you're the kind of person that can tell when someone's looking at you, you know, and you look over and someone, yep, someone's looking at you, it means that you have it too. You know, everybody has it, you know, um, and it's not a magic power. It's just human beings are naturally geared for that fight or flight response. And so um, you can allow the things that you feel to get you down or you can allow the things you feel to make you empowered and to learn and to grow and to to block and filter the bad things so that at the heart of your life, you know, you compartmentalize the good and the bad so so that you're able to, you know, <clears throat> protect yourself. You know, you have to protect yourself from from false people and, um, you know, certain people with just uh, uh, attitudes of uh, that that, you know. Just don't, they don't, they don't, they don't really understand, uh, you know, how important kindness and decency is, you know? And so anyways, um, I'm at the 30 minute mark. I, I think I, I feel like I rambled, but I also feel like I also got you guys to understand what I'm saying. Um, 
I want this to be a place uh, uh, that's from the heart where we don't have to mince words. I want to be able to talk about all kinds of things. And that's one thing is I want to talk about all kinds of things. I want to talk about uh, fitness and health, especially if you have, like myself, a partial disability. I want to be able to talk about those things. And how do you get past your physical limitations? How do you get past uh, your your mental and emotional uh, limitations? Um, and, and how do you gear yourself into the mindset of success, you know, and the mindset of fitness and achieving, you know? And so I want to talk about those kinds of things. Um, I love my, my wife and I, we have a guilty pleasure uh, of, you know, we love watching paranormal shows. And so I would love to talk, uh, you know, as, as often as possible, you know, about the paranormal and cryptids and what do I believe? Um, uh, you know, I want to talk about spirituality. Uh, uh, occasionally we'll talk about politics and the, you know, the culture that it's creating. Um, I try not to get too political, you know, um, because I really don't want to pile on. I feel like we've had enough of that going on. And so I'll try not to be, you know, one of those people that, you know, like take sides, you know, even though I, I have my side, I, I prefer not to. Um, but yeah, you know, I want to talk about music. I love metal. I love Metallica. You guys, anybody who's been watching my uh, Instagram channel knows that um, I'm a tech geek. I love, I love uh, good audio. I love good video. <clears throat> I love uh, my fitness watch and I love teching and watching YouTube videos about tech. And uh, I love, uh, m- you know, music. I love all kinds of music from Bob Marley to Metallica to you know, classic rock like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin, but I also love um, really good synth music, you know, and I love, um, yeah, just everything that, that makes you excited. My my absolute favorite uh, of all time, as a lot of you know already, is Chris Cornell. Uh, he was, I believe he was probably an empath, um, a very sensitive soul, a very good-natured soul. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've had a few people that I consider my idols who passed away. Uh, he was one of them. And uh, I was shocked that day uh, when it happened. And uh, 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 Anthony Bourdain was one of my my culinary school favorites. I read all of his books. And so that, <clears throat> it was like, you know, it was like, you know, and I was dealing with my own situational depression. I was dealing with my own anxieties. and um, And so when you see people like that who in your mind can do no wrong, especially when they have a lot of money, you go, well, gosh, if, if life is sucks for these people who have way more than me, what chance do I have of making it, you know? And then it kind of makes you feel like that, you know? And so I've had to really, you know, uh, learn to deal with grief. Um, uh, so, so Chris Cornell passed away in 2017 and then um, I, I had two cats and they both passed away in 2019 um, and so I was dealing with the grief of my my girls, as I call them, uh, Annabelle and Abby. Uh, <laughs> I'll show you pictures on my Instagram, but in some of you might have seen them already. But uh, they were my girls, man. You know, and even though my 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 wife and I don't plan on having kids, um, they were our cats are our kids. You know, we also take care of outdoor cats. Um, but recently, um, <clears throat> two of them haven't come back, and uh, they were our, my two main. Uh, you know, ferals that uh, we took care of every day for over a year. And uh, one, you know, went on walkabout and never came back. And the other one uh, got chased off by another cat. And so I'm still hopeful that he comes back, but it, it gives you grief, you know. And so uh, how do you deal with grief, you know, when 
if when you feel like life is giving more than it takes and you're having mental health issues and you're having anxiety and you're having depression, how do you deal with it all? You know, and so I want to talk about what works for me. Um, I'm not a trained psychologist um, and be forewarned. You know, I'm not my my uh, answers aren't always going to be uh, good for you. But um, for me, you know, I've had setbacks. I've had physical and emotional and mental limitations and, and setbacks in my past. And so I've had to learn to find new ways to, you know, get excited about life, to to beat my demons, if you will, to um, to push all that insecurity and, um, you know, stress aside and just go out there and, you know, try to be a bigger and bolder version of yourself. And so, that's what this is all about. You know, I, I want to talk about all kinds of stuff. And so we will do that, uh, but not this time. That This is my very first podcast episode, um, and I hope it went well. I think it went well. Did you guys get anything from this? I hope so. But uh, I genuinely want to build a relationship with my audience, uh, build a friendship. I am not, I'm not superior to you. Um, that's the problem with celebrityism. Um, I'll talk about that uh, in the future, but um, I am not a celebrity. I don't want to be a celebrity. I just want to do what feels right, and I want to I want to help people, and that's what this is all about. So I hope you guys uh, tune in. I'm going to have three episodes a week, and uh, we will have all kinds of fun. Um, I do have uh, multiple headphones now, so I can get guests on the show. And so that'll be happening. There's going to be a lot of exciting stuff. And uh, until I can get back on stage as a, as a comic, um, I'm going to be doing this. And I'll probably end up doing both because um, I, I really think this is going to be, be good therapy for me. And I hope it's good therapy for you. And uh, yeah, I just I really want this to be a fun and enlightening and and, you know, uh, sometimes I want it to be deep. I, I hope I I hope I'm able to tap into that. uh you know, emotional depth, uh, where I make a difference for you guys. Um, because you guys make a difference to me. You, uh, I've got a handful of people on Instagram right now who have been really good to me. And, uh, you know, I, I, I suffer from, uh, you know, a, a little bit of depression and anxiety. I suffer from, uh, you know, just feeling not good enough sometimes. And, uh, you know, no, man, that's bullshit. We're good enough. You're good enough. I'm good enough. Let's be good enough together. And, uh, yeah, so that's what this is about, man. This is, a this is my cry for freedom. This is my, my, my cry for a bigger, bolder life and to get to the solutions and stop feeling like you're not good enough. We are good enough. So let's be good enough together. <laughs> All right, guys, I want to thank you for, for tuning in. I will be back with two more episodes this week and, uh, please catch me on my social media. Uh, it's chef Bry comedy. That's chef. B-R-Y comedy on Instagram and Twitter. And I hope to see you there. Um, yeah. And, oh, and I have a fitness app that I'm using called Heavy, H-E-V-Y. Uh, you can reach me on that and we can be fitness buddies. Uh, my my handle there is Scary B, S-C-A-R-Y, capital B. Anyways, thank you guys so much. I This, you know, I'm just testing the waters here. Don't judge. Don't judge me and I won't judge you. But these will get better with time. I promise you it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys.